plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. It's Friday, September 9th, and this is Locked on Falcons, episode 14. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Falcons, your Monday through Friday daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. And I'm Knox Bardeen, your host here, and I'm thrilled. It's going to be an action-packed show for you guys today. A little later on in the podcast, I'm going to bring Greg Allman from Locked On Bucks on. He and I are going to talk Tampa Bay, Atlanta, this upcoming game in week one in the Georgia Dome, and it's a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun doing this. We might have even set up a, a special Sunday edition, but I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on in the show. Biggest news out of Thursday's practice is the fact that we get to talk to Julio Jones every Thursday, and he had some good things coming out of that. He told us some of his expectations, kind of some of the things he expects from Tampa Bay's defense, and even even what he's looking at when it comes to how he game plans. So I'm really excited to give you guys the information about Julio Jones here. Really excited to get to this interview with Greg Allman. And it's about time for an injury report too. There's some good news on the injury front coming out of Atlanta. Dwight Freeney, who was given the day off yesterday, non-injury related. And Dan Quinn told us he was going to give some of the veteran older players some, some time off every once in a while. Mike Smith did the same thing. Dwight Freeney, and this should be music to your ears. Remember, we didn't get to see him much in preseason. That back injury. He practiced in full on Thursday. He was a full participant, as was, drum roll please, Julio Jones. So two of the bigger stars on this team who have been injury riddled since game three of the preseason, both practiced in full on Thursday and seem to be ready to go for Sunday's game against Tampa Bay. Let me give you the guys that did not practice. Obviously, Keanu Neal, he just had surgery. He's not going to be here for at least the first game. I'm guessing a little more. That's just a guess. I've heard nothing to say that. Jonathan Babineau didn't practice on Thursday. That was non-injury related. So it was his old man day off day. And I can giggle and say old man day off because I'm an old man. I don't get days off though. Adrian Claiborne still has that shoulder injury. He practiced, but he was limited. The same with Kamal Ishmael. From everything Dan Quinn has been saying to us, both those guys seem like they're going to play. Every time he talks about covering tight ends, he talks about Kamal Ishmael. So I would expect to see them. Teron Ward still has that ankle injury. He practiced on a limited basis. And there was a new guy on the injury report today. New safety, Deshaun Goldson with a hamstring injury. So there's your injury report. So we got some players back today in Julio Jones and Dwight Freeney that should dramatically, dramatically help this football team out. And it's going to be fun to watch. Dwight Freeney out there playing with Vic Beasley. It's going to be fun to watch Julio Jones playing. And one of the things Julio Jones told us today, he, t- he talked to us and said 
here's what I want out of this offense. Here's what I want to see. It was one of those situations where it's not just about him. He needs some help. Defensive coordinators, they make those guys prove themselves. They're going to come out. I feel like they're going to try to dub me and do what they do to try to take me away from the game and make other guys prove themselves, you know. But I have all the faith in the world that those guys will prove themselves. You know what he's saying? You know what he's saying right there? He's saying, I need some help, guys. When, when these defensive coordinators want to double team me, I want you, Muhammad Sanu. I want you, Hardy. I want you, two pass catching tight ends. I even want you, two pass catching running backs. I've got, I want you guys to make them pay. And as soon as you make them pay, they're going to pull those double coverages off of me. They're going to stop bracketing me. That, that single high safety that always seems to be right behind the cornerback that's covering me, he's going to be moved back to the middle of the field. And then I can wreak some havoc. That's what Julio Jones was saying right there. He's back in at practice. He's talking to the media, and he seems like he has all his bravado back. Julio Jones was kind of setting us up for what he wants to see from this offense. He, he wants some help so he can get rid of some of these double teams, and I understand that completely. It must be nice to, to want to go back to remember the, the glory days of this Falcons offense, 2012, when Julio was just emerging as the man. And Roddy White was still in his prime. Tony Gonzalez was the best tight end to ever live. You had those three guys. Defenses had to pick their poison. You could cover two of those guys with help, but you had to leave one of them out by himself. And it didn't matter to Matt Ryan. Whichever one of those three guys had single coverage, that's the guy that was going to get 12 targets and 10 receptions and 140 yards every game. And it moved around. Some teams are set up to cover the tight end. Some teams are set up to cover the X. Some are... set up to cover the Y, and they mixed the match that way. Those three didn't matter. And that's what, that's what Julio wants again. He wants to have those options on this offense. And he talked a little bit about some of the keys to the game for the offense. We just got to go out there at the end of the day, though. We got to go out there and do what we do, you know, and that's the way we've been practicing, coming off the ball, competing every play, going to attack the ball, you know, and just being physical in the run game. Now, some of that was a little bit of cliche at the beginning. Sorry, I had to play that for you. But if you listen to the end of that, when he talked about being physical in the run game, that was kind of an unselfish statement. And I'm reading between the lines there. Here's what I'm saying he's thinking. We've all been told that the Falcons want to move to a 50-50 run pass balance. That's something that hasn't happened here in many, many, many years. This has always been a pass-heavy team. But if they get the 50-50 run pass, these wide receivers have to block in the run game, and Roddy loved doing that, and he handed that down to Julio. Both those guys love to block in the run game. Julio now needs to hand that over to Sanu. He needs to hand it over to Hardy, and these guys need to toughen up. That was kind of Julio Jones's way of saying, I know we're going to run the ball a lot. I imagine my touches are going down because there's a few more options. I'm going to block the hell out of somebody, and I'm going to teach these other guys how to do it too. That's kind of what I took from that statement right there. And he also talked to us. Everyone keeps bringing up the fact that Brent Grimes is coming back into town. He's a, a new cornerback for Tampa Bay. Uh, Alteron Verner is one of the other guys, as is Vernon Hargraves. Uh, all three of those guys are, are going to be playing cornerback against this offense. And everyone wanted to talk to Julio about Brent Grimes. And he had nothing but great things to say about Grimes. He, he's athletic, and I agree with him there. Uh, he doesn't get enough credit. I, I agree with the way that used to be Grimes. I don't know about this, his 
game now, but everyone also wanted to talk to Julio about what do you do? What are you going to do since you know Grimes so well? And he said, you know what, I, I don't really game plan for different defense. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. I'll tell you what we did game plan for. Greg Allman of the Locked On Bucks podcast and I got together, planned a conversation out between he and I, and we talked a lot of Bucks, a lot of Falcons, kind of expectations for the game. It's a lot of fun. I'm going to let you guys listen to the fruits of that labor right there, and we might have even come up with an idea. We're both going to be in the Georgia Dome on Sunday for the game. Maybe we'll turn the microphone on there and do a special Sunday edition, some wrap-up from the press box after the game. So that would be kind of cool. But here's... Me and, and Greg Allman of, of Locked On Bucks podcast talking about the game coming up on Sunday. Hey, this is Greg Allman with the Locked On Bucks podcast. First chance we had this season to do a, kind of a crossover podcast. Uh, and really excited to be uh, talking on the Locked On Falcons podcast as well. Uh, hopefully we can do this this season. Where we're, we're kind of talking across enemy lines and, and getting a perspective from both sides of the game. Uh, tell me, what, what is the buzz up there in Atlanta about this week? What are the main things you guys are hearing about up there uh, looking ahead to the Bucks coming to town? It's, it's a rather unique situation here where your head coach and your defensive coordinator used to coach here in Atlanta with flipped roles. It used to be Mike Smith, the head coach here, and it used to be Dirk Cutter, the offensive coordinator. You guys have kind of flipped them down there, but it's their first time back together. So that's probably one of the bigger storylines. And then it's Jameis Winston. I mean, everyone has Jameis Winston fever up here. His weight loss, his talk down at the Florida State game last week, how much of a leader he is, so so all sorts of things like that, and how much better he's going to be this year. Yeah, there's certainly expectations down here. I mean, I think this, this is the first chance to see things here in week one, but I think there's definitely uh, an anticipation that he could be uh, a step above where he was even at the end of last season uh, as a playmaker and, and just as a leader on this team. Well, what would you say, let me ask you this, what, what do you think the, the feeling is for Mike Smith there in Atlanta, looking back and knowing that he had a great amount of success his first five seasons, uh, and then really kind of dropped off pretty bad the last two. I tell you what, and I'll answer that question in, in two ways. Anyone that's in the media core ha- treats him with reverence. He was a beloved head coach here. He was fantastic with the media. He was extremely nice. And, and you'll never find anyone with a bad thing to say about him amongst our group. When you talk to the fans, however, they're, they're very short-minded when it comes to they don't remember that Mike Smith was the first head coach in Atlanta Falcons history to bring back-to-back winning seasons. I mean, can you imagine that? From 1966, no Falcons head coach had ever, or no team had gone back-to-back winning. He was the first guy to, yeah. to do that. He was the first guy to lead him into the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. He also has and the he, most he's wins. He's the winningest coach in Falcons history, right? Yes, he is, he, and, and that's exactly right. So more yeah, people... See, see, and obviously, I think the people down here kind of respect for the run he had there. I mean, I think I was doing the math, and like Matt Ryan's first five years were his first five years. I think we were 56 and 24, I mean, averaging better than 10 wins a season. And like you said, for a franchise that didn't necessarily have any sustained run like that in their history. So it would be neat to see uh, how how he's received there. He's in the box. He's not going to be in the sidelines. But uh, it would be neat to see you know what, they, what the response is, especially from players. And I got a chance to talk to a couple of them. The Falcons were over in Orlando for a preseason game against the Dolphins a couple weeks back. 
and went over and talked to uh, Weatherspoon and Trufant and some of the defensive guys, and even the offensive guys. I mean, Matt Ryan, obviously, was still very close to, to Smitty and, and, and spoke, like you said, almost with irreverence for him in terms of uh, just someone they, they continue to have a good relationship with. Absolutely, and I, and I bet you if you ask, you, you might have, you asked Matt Ryan about Dirk Cutter, too. He, he loves that man, too. He told us that no offensive coordinator, excuse me, had, had done more for him than Cutter did. And that says a lot because he's gone through a couple of offensive coordinators. So he, he was definitely thrilled to get a chance to go up against one of his old offensive coordinators. Let me ask you about Atlanta for a minute. Tell me what you think they've done to create a supporting cast around Julio. Because I certainly got the feeling last year that Julio was such uh, a Donovan just a player that took over games. But I didn't necessarily see, after Devontae Freeman got through that initial strong first month of the season, I didn't really see a second threat, someone that could uh, take advantage of, of the single coverage they might get because defenses were focusing so much on Julio. What have they done to kind of find that on offense? It's kind of funny you mentioned that because Julio Jones talked about that today in the locker room with us. He said, you know, I, I know what I can do, what I'm really expecting this team, and I know they can do it, is I'm expecting the other guys to step up. And here, here's kind of what he didn't say, but he meant. Uh, he's looking for Mohamed Sanu, the new free agent from Cincinnati, to come in and, and be that guy that can catch footballs at the mid-levels and then go yards after catch. If you know anything about West Coast offenses, you know that's that's really fantastic what these guys want. Is they want a guy that can throw the ball at five or six yards and he makes it to 11. That's what Mohamed Sanu can do. Outside of that, I think Justin Hardy, the third wide receiver, is going to be much better this year than he was last year. You mentioned Devontae Freeman, only running back in the league last year with 1,000-plus yards rushing and 70-plus catches. He's going to continue to do that, but I think Tevin Coleman's going to be much more involved in the pass game, too. And here's where it changes a little bit differently. Jacob Tammy was here last year, had a pretty good relationship with Matt Ryan. He's going to continue, but now they have two pass-catching tight ends, which is also extremely valuable on the West Coast offense. Their rookie, Austin Hooper, had a couple issues during the preseason. Their their rookie mistakes, their learning mistakes. He's going to be that guy. It wouldn't surprise me one bit for him to churn more yardage this year than Jacob Tammy, the starter. Um, so when you have that many different weapons, instead of just like you said, Jones and Freeman, it's going to open up that playbook for Kyle Shanahan. That's going to help not only to gain yards, but it's really going to help in the red zone where the Falcons were really really deficient last year. The other thing that people were talking about down here about Atlanta. Uh, is the prospect of going up against two rookie linebackers making their NFL debut. It sounds like those guys are going to have a big role on the defense. I think the Bucs are just hoping they can take advantage of it here in week one before those guys really get settled and know what they're doing on the field. Absolutely, and they have been named starters, so both Deion Jones and Devondre Campbell are going to start. And since the Falcons play so much nickel, they're going to be the only two linebackers out there a lot on Sunday. Now, Paul Warlow is going to play. Sean Weatherspoon is going to play. They're going to be mixing and matching quite a bit. But wait until you see those two linebackers because when Dan Quinn said he wanted to turn this defense over and make it fast and physical, these two guys are so fast, and it shows up on tape. It shows up live immediately. So a lot of the problems the Falcons had at stopping running backs uh, until they got to the middle of the defense, that, that's going to hopefully be fixed. When it comes to Devondre Campbell, he's already the Falcons' best cover linebacker. So he's going to get out there and, and take on tight ends. He's going to take on uh, third receivers and in between the hashes, and, and I think he's going to do a, a pretty darn good job of it. Any running backs, too. These two guys, you have it down right. They are rookies, though, so there's going to be a learning curve. How quickly they can shake that off and, and become NFL starters like they've been named, that remains to be seen. Yeah, Deion's a guy that I like in the draft. He's actually really good friends with uh, the Bucks middle linebacker, uh, Quan Alexander, okay. who played together at LSU. 
uh, have, have been tight since college, and I think it would be neat to see both of them in Quan very much got thrust in the thing as a starting middle linebacker as a rookie last year. So I think Dion's uh, very much in the same course, and obviously, like Juan, just a superior athlete, just as fast a linebacker uh, as you can ask for, I think. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting to watch those guys there. And, and another thing uh, about this defense is, you know, up here in Atlanta is they're, they're looking up at that quarterback, and, and you remember the Falcons finished last in the league last year, sacks only 19. How are they going to get after the quarterback? They didn't really go out and grab anyone in the draft to help, and, and the free agent help came much into training camp. So is it going to be, you know, is Dwight Freeney going to help that much? That's been a huge question, too. How, can this Falcons front four or front seven get to Jameis Winston? Yeah, I mean, Adrian Clinton, the guy that the Bucks fans know well from his time down here in Tampa, you know, I think he was second on the team last year with maybe three sacks, and he had four. Uh, so that will help the Bucks, And then offensive plan is still uh, not necessarily – a sure thing. They're working a new starter at left guard. Uh, I think they thought they took a big step forward with offensive line, but it's still not necessarily uh, a strength. So I think it probably helps them in the first game of the season if there's not a dominating pass rush going after Jameis Winston. I saw where uh, I think it's eight straight home openers the Falcons have won. They've got a great streak going to the home openers. Uh, I think they're a three-point favorite, what I read. Would you say there's a decent amount of confidence on, on that end? This is what they can do to, to get back in a team that they swept on last season? I tell you, we brought that up to Matt Ryan on Wednesday when we got to talk to him, and he didn't know that stat. In fact, he was kind of upset that we told him because now it's going to be in his head. So he was completely unaware that he had won every um, week one game that he'd been since he'd been here in 2008. So I don't know if that instills some sort of confidence. I, I think this Falcons team has been kind of shell-shocked over the last two, three seasons, and where they're bringing the extra confidence in isn't so much the, those stats that are all awfully fun for us but it is Matt Ryan and Kyle Shanahan. You heard about the, the rift they had last year, and they seem to have mended those fences. He says he's more familiar with this West Coast offense than, than at any time. He took you know, all those players down to Florida and had his passing camp this summer. This is a very, very team-oriented, and a very it, it's an overhauled offense, even though a lot of the names are still the same, and, and they're a unit that should be playing much faster. So that's where the confidence comes from, not from, from having an 8 no record in week one, but they'll take it if they can get nine. Well, oh, no, it's a fun trend if you can keep it going, for sure. Hey, Knox, thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. We'll have to uh, catch up there, have our first uh, face-to-face among two of the uh, locked-on folks here in a press box here on Sunday. Yeah, that would actually be um, kind of cool. I'll have all my stuff with me, so if you want to do that, that would be great. So there you go. If our schedules mesh up on Sunday, maybe we'll get to do a – press box edition a special sunday edition of locked on falcons and locked on bucks kind of breaking down what we saw in the game but remember you know we, we both have day jobs he, he works for the paper down in tampa I'm, i work for the flagship radio station we'll both have a ton of stuff to do in separate locker rooms afterwards so no promises but we're going to try to get that done for you as always i appreciate the heck out of you guys listening if you want to follow me on twitter i'm at knox bardeen uh, I'm at Knox Bardeen Sports on Facebook. I'm very interactive on both those places, so, so please give me a follow. And, and head on over to iTunes, and you can download the show. You can subscribe to the show. I would really appreciate you guys doing that and leaving some feedback there as well. So this is your Friday episode of Locked On Falcons, and we're only a couple days away from week one, the first game, so let's enjoy it. Take care, guys. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. 
I pronounce you by wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.